Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars, the podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars and more. I'm your host, Blake, and I have some of the best hosts in the galaxy here with me tonight. First off, the funny one, Wesley. She took my slingy. <laughs> and the commentator, Andrew. I'm back. Yeah, I feel like we've all come back. It's been been a couple weeks since we posted an episode, <laughs> but uh, here we are. We're back again. And speaking of back again, even though Rose never technically been on the audio version of Dork Wars the podcast, he has been an avid uh, contributor to Dork Wars Live, which we've been doing now for probably about two months. It's been a great ride. So welcome, Roe, from the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. How's it going, Roe? What's up, nerds? Uh, thanks for having me. This is quite uh, exciting to be on an actual uh, podcast show with you guys and first time uh, caller, long time listener. <laughs> yeah it, uh roe really got me into the the living stuff him and the red five network I've, i watched a lot of their lives and i really wanted to get in on the action because there's nothing like talking with the listeners on the chat interacting having the red five guys talking with the people that's what the people want that's, yeah, what, the that's, people really want. that's what it's all about it's really exciting. I've, but, uh, uh, I've been there one, one or two. Yeah. <laughs> we need you on camera next time, Andrew. I think you look I, good on d- camera. I, wouldn't, I didn't expect to be, to be honest, I didn't expect to be watching, but it was awesome. <laughs> it's always fun. Always fun. I was really surprised, honestly, by the production. Like, your transitions are amazing. But yeah, it's it's been a great time. Uh, Red 5, and if for those of you who don't know, Roe is one of the founders of the Red 5 Network. So big shout out to Roe. We've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of feedback, a lot of ideas. Just joining the Red Five has helped our podcast immensely, and we hope we get to add something to you guys as well. Absolutely, you honor us with your presence. That's beautiful. That's just beautiful. <laughs> so let's go on and get into some news now. Hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this. Whoever you are. So, first up, we have Kenobi Wednesdays. So, Kenobi Wednesdays uh, launched a couple Wednesdays ago. I think, did they start May the 4th, I believe? Um, or the week after? Start on Wednesdays. Yeah, they're definitely on <laughs> Wednesdays, but I can't remember which Wednesdays. So, yes, Kenobi Wednesdays, uh, they are every Wednesday... And I don't know, and I've, I've talked about this on Dork Wars Live a couple times now, and I don't know if they end when Kenobi starts or if they end when Kenobi ends. Um, I just know that every Wednesday we're going to get some new Kenobi merch, and that's exciting. Well, that is exciting. I can't wait to see what you guys hatch. Well, I mean, there is a lightsaber. We're getting the Obi-Wan Kenobi lightsaber from the show and a new Darth Vader helmet for sure. Those are those pictures have been like surf, they're surfaced online and and things so that's that's going to be neat to see you would think that they would run it prior to the show airing so people can run out with their wallets and spend some money and not have to to wait because what if the show sucks and nobody wants to buy anything (laughs) that would be (laughs) (laughs) what if they did book of boba fett well, there's no days that there's no alliteration with Boba Fett's name in a day of the week. Mm-hmm. No, but, 
Boba Days or something. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> they would they would have sold nothing. <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't have sold anything. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. I, and I don't I thought they were starting it prior to the release, but I haven't seen anything about Kenobi Wednesdays since they announced Kenobi Wednesdays. So me neither. Truth be told, I never heard of it until you just announced it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's same news way. to me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Real, real? What do you have? Real lives? <laughs> Sometimes Not living in this virtual world. But we are recording this podcast on May the sixteenth, twenty twenty-two, and today is the twentieth anniversary. Of Attack of the Clones. Wow. And that's really? exciting news, right? Today. Two decades. Today. Two decades. Two decades crazy. of teenage Anakin um, <laughs> trying to woo Padme. On by, the floating a, by floating a pear in front of her and cutting it in midair. That's probably that's probably one of the best scenes there, bro. Like, that's probably one of the best <laughs> ways he flirts with her. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, the other times he's talking about sand and cutting up politicians, and there's that awkward, are you serious? And then he's like, <laughs> of course not, maybe. <laughs> so The women and children, too? <laughs> yeah, the women and the children, too. <laughs> and Oh, gosh, th- 20 years ago today, fans got to see Master Yoda light up a lightsaber for the first mm-hmm. time. I mean, tell me that's not cool. I remember... When I was in the, uh, I think I was in the second grade at the time, we went to go see Jane Goodall <laughs> at the <laughs> IMAX theater for school, and they made the mistake of playing the Star Wars Episode Two trailer on the IMAX screen before Jane Goodall, so everyone all throughout Jane Goodall is talking about Master Yoda whipping out a lightsaber, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very nice. Do we think that movie's aged well, just very quickly? Do you think the movie's aged well? Wesley. You know, I know, I, I know it gets a lot of hate. Sorry, I did, it, it gets a lot of hate. I don't like that. Yeah, I agree, bro. Uh, I, I like the movie, you know. It's, it's peaceful to me. <laughs> you know, good background. So. That's the first uh, Star Wars DVD there was. Um, I remember really? watching it and enjoying it, yeah. Because the um, Phantom Menace came out on, what, Laserdisc? Yeah. Really? Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They didn't come out on DVD at first. Yeah, wow. because, I don't remember uh, a laser disc. I'm not going to lie to you. I lived well, it. that's what George Lucas thought was going to be like. What took standard? over from VHS? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we were okay. all going to have laser disc players. He was close. He was close. I still have. I still have all my laser discs, and the player. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. I've but, got. I uh, must have every incarnation of the original Star Wars trilogy on every format. Um, not uh, not counting beta because I don't think they ever released a Betamax version. Yeah. Do you have like an original VHS or? Yeah. Oh, I'm older than you guys. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you have like I just because a lot of people, not it's not very often you find somebody that has like an original VHS and unedited. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. The first uh, VHS I bought actually, um, I was in high school and I spent a whopping eighty dollars on the VHS of The Empire Strikes Back when it came out. 80 wow. bucks. That was a lot of money for me back then. That, 80 bucks. That's a lot of money now for that, a movie. That, even today. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but Roe is uh, actually a, a dork like us. So, yeah, he, he definitely has all this dorky stuff. 
But yeah, I, I do I do like Attack of the Clones a bit more than people um, give give credit to it. You know, like I I remember watching it when I was younger. Of course, when you're younger, everything's kind of got like if, if you see late, you know lightsabers and starships blowing stuff up, it's a good movie. But even as I'm as I'm watching it when I'm older, I kind of get that they were trying to make Anakin awkward, and he was definitely awkward, and it yeah. works. I think it works with the story. I don't know if it was supposed to be that on on point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's pretty. Like I like Hayden Christensen. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Um, God, I can't remember what it's something about a house where he's like a kid and he builds a house and he's like addicted to. Oh, and he he wears a lot of black and he's like a yeah, emo yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got some good movies. Something under him house. Is what I'm trying to say. That's, the, that's Revenge like, of the Sith. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's a decent movie. It's fun because it's Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. But at the same time, it's George Lucas just doesn't know how to really write dialogue. He can write a good story, but he just doesn't write dialogue. And I just, I love Phantom Menace, but even the di- I have to admit the dialogue in that is not on par with yeah what it should be, in my opinion. He should have had uh, Carrie Fisher kind of uh, help him out there. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I agree with you, Blake. Like. Uh, Yoda, best part of the movie, honestly. But, well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't want to be crass, but Natalie there Portman might have been the best part of the movie. But that's beside the point. <laughs> Yoda pulling out the lightsaber was amazing. Andrew, get Katie back in here. We got we got to talk to her. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we did get, um, we did get uh, one of the best sound effects in a uh, prequel movie, the... Um, Sonic Charge. Yeah. So there's there's that. Good one. Good one. Yeah. I did not know that. That's a that's a deep cut. I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about the Sonic, but yes, that's the that's the origination of the Sonic Charge. Yeah. Of course. I mean, of course it is. And it's so popular they brought it back for Book of Boba Fett. Exactly. But not even the Sonic Charge could save the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Not not even. And that sound, man, is so iconic. Oh, I love it. I that love silence, it. that silence right before, and all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's space chilling. bombs. Yeah. I tell you, when you were in the theater, you could feel it. I mean, that's. And then if you got a good, if you got a good um, subwoofer now, you can feel it as well. But uh, yeah, you, that that's just it's just. Ah, it just vibrates your every being. But of course, Attack of the Clones, 20 years old today, the day we're recording at least, not the day of releasing. Uh, but great, great movie. Of course, anything Star Wars, I'm going to watch and I'm going to enjoy to the best of my ability. We're not going to talk about the sequels. Uh, we got other things to talk about tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole horrible thing in itself. Bring, uh, but, bring, um, me, back, uh, bring me back when you guys do that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll bring the I'll bring the popcorn because it'll get live. <laughs> yeah, Ro, Ro will probably bring the liquor because when we did it on Dork Wars Live, Ro was there, <laughs> and it was and I needed time. a lot of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ro pointed out to to the boys at Dork Wars before we started recording that Hulu released a uh, trailer today for a TV show. Is it a show? Is it a show, Rose? 
Yeah, you know what? I I think it's gonna. I think it's a movie. It's a prequel movie. Didn't seem like a series, and it was kind of like a little teaser. Uh, you know, a couple of scenes, uh, really suspenseful, short uh, teaser uh, for um, you know the Predator series called uh, Prey. Released, uh, dropped this morning. I love Predator. Uh, I think that Predator is one of those like quintessential movies for for nerdum, right? Like you have to watch that movie, and the prequel to that, I, I'm excited. I, I think they're <laughs> they're gonna do a great job. I mean, it's kind of like I know I know we talk a lot of Star Wars. It's like the prequels to the original trilogy, right? Like we're gonna get a prequel to Predator. Were you guys like even people. alive when the pre- original Predator came out? Come on, uh, uh, no. I don't think so. That was that was in the eighties, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah nineteen eighty-seven. That yeah, that's like a classic eighties oh, yeah. movie. Was it? No, it wasn't eighty. It was not. Yeah, you're right. No, yeah, we were alive. We were all alive. It was nineties <laughs> for real. No, no, it was eighty-seven. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, eighty-seven. I thought you said ninety-seven. I was going to say eighty-seven. So. Eighty-seven. Yeah, eighty-seven. Yeah, no, I was not alive. Wait, who's in the remake? Or wasn't there? A, or there's a second one, right? Well, there's a slew of them. There's a whole bunch because uh, they started to cross, uh, you know, cross populate them with uh, Alien, Alien versus Predator, one, two, and three, and they got progressively worse. Uh, so we'll see what happens with uh, with this one. It's it's kind of I think it's it's a prequel, and uh, they kind of go a little bit back in in time because you see some Native Americans or, or some natives running through a field, um, and then yeah yeah you guys uh, check it out. I'm actually excited about that. I'm like a, I'm a huge fan of Prometheus, which is pretty much just a prequel mm. to Alien. Yeah. Wait, say that again. You are you are a big fan of Prometheus? A big fan. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't think it was the greatest movie. I just think the idea of it, obviously, you know, pretty easy idea. But I just really enjoyed the idea and the execution that they did with the CGI and everything. Personally. This is interesting because you are the first person that I have ever encountered that really enjoyed Prometheus. And I would count myself. Yeah, I I would count myself as one because I I really, you know, I love the whole, you know, ancient aliens concept, the seeding of life. You know, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting to me. And um, I think uh, there's a lot there to kind of sink your teeth into. Um, I, I wish it did better in the box office and with other fans, yeah. because I really would love to see kind of a continuation of that, uh, of that story of the lore, but uh, that's uh, neither here or there. I don't think it horror elements as, as well as Alien. I think that's why it didn't succeed as well. But I think the story was really good. I think the idea, to me, I like to immerse myself in the movies. And to me, being lost in space, no way to ever get back. You're just, you got to move forward. There's nothing you can do. I mean, it's just like the original explorers did for America. You know what I mean? And even through Asia, through Europe. That's crazy to me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I also enjoyed that movie. Andrew and Roe with a kin kinship here i like it i like it we're we're we're, we're making bonds we're growing closer together yes in here tonight absolutely but uh yeah i was negative five when the original predator came out yeah, yeah <laughs> five. Wow. negative five uh, andrew was a little closer to, to were your parents did I your parents was. know each other they may have known each other 
<laughs> I know that's a sidetracking question. <laughs> I just I don't know why. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I asked. I don't know. Never they, mind. They probably Let's did. move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep trucking. <laughs> so, Dork Wars the podcast has a merchandise store. Merchandising. Merchandising. What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door. So we have Dork Wars the t-shirt, Dork Wars the hoodie, we have Dork Wars the coffee mug, and we even have Dork Wars the dark hold for anyone who wants to cast some amazing spells that will bring you into darkness. Not true. We do not have the Dork Wars dark hold yet, but we are consulting with a sorceress near you. But yeah, go check out our merchandise on the Dork Wars uh, merch store. You can find that by... Uh, typing in Dork Wars Podcast on Google and finding our link tree. You can go to our website, dorkwarspodcast.com. Our merch store is there. Everywhere you can find our podcast is there. Every platform. Um, a link to our YouTube where we do our Dork Wars Lives every other Saturday. That's also on the website. So go check out our merch and wear Dork Wars wherever you go. Dork Wars the Podcast is also a part of of an amazing network of other geeky dorky podcasts that all talk about the same stuff that we're talking about here tonight that is the red five network roll the promo this podcast is part of the red five network for more red five network podcasts visit red five network.com but the red five network is an awesome group of people not just podcasts but people and it's just one example is Ro here tonight, founder, one of the founders of the Red 5 Network. I'm glad he could join us. And we all support each other. We all get on each other's live chats and talk with one another, get feedback, bounce ideas off each other. The, the Red 5 chat is just lit. I mean, we are talking all day about our days how everything's going not just about podcasting and geeky stuff but i mean just how how's everybody doing just checking in and helping each other through every day and also podcasting so it's, it's i was gonna group. i i was gonna say don't go too far because what's said in the red five chat stays in the red five chat <laughs> that's right that's right we're, we're not gonna get like we, we can't if we do that they're gonna cancel dork wars they're gonna cancel scare they're gonna cancel the whole thing um, you're not you're not gonna be able to listen to any Red Five Network. We're just gonna we're gonna be gone. But um, I'm out. <laughs> but it's a good time. It's it's a great time, and you can find all the Red Five Network podcasts on uh, Twitter. There is uh, the at Red Five Network, and there is a bio link I believe attached to that Twitter where you can find all the Red Five Network podcasts and check some of these other guys out because. Or and gals, uh, people. It's it's a great everybody, all podcasters. The, the great shows, great people. There's something for you out there. Even if you like Dork Wars, you'll like some of these other podcasts, guaranteed. So tonight, we are tackling the multiverse of madness. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. Who's as confused as I am? (laughs) So I'm going to preface this with a spoiler warning before we get started. If you have not seen uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, just exit now. 
save this for a later date, watch the movie, and come back and listen to our thoughts and feelings on this movie. You're not going to want to miss this. Attention. Spoilers. Um, one person who's going to be spoiled is Andrew because he has not seen the movie. And he said he didn't even care. He said he's going to be here for Dork Wars the Podcast. <laughs> and he's, we're going to get a, like a fresh, like, we're going to talk about the movie. And Andrew's going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, it's going to be fun. No, be I'm fun just, time. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> but starting out, I want to start with you, Ro. What are your general thoughts on this movie as a whole? What did it do for the MCU? Um, what did it do for the characters inside of the movie? Just just a quick, how'd you like it? I saw it with my son and his friend uh, two nights ago. I really enjoyed it. Um, I I didn't think that, well, I thought I was going to have a little trouble kind of following uh, because it's, you know, it's, it's billed as the multiverse of madness. Ooh, it's so mad. But um, I think they did a pretty good job in, in kind of explaining. And I know, you know, deep nerds like us, we have this advantage of watching like almost everything. You know, WandaVision is a big part of this. But I, I still feel that even if you haven't watched WandaVision, they do kind of an OK job in kind of explaining and, and, and kind of wiggling your way through um, the story of, of why, you know, the motivations of the characters and things like that. So, um, you know, I know, you know, people are talking about the big drop off the second weekend, but eh, humbug, as they say, um, I enjoyed it. I, I think uh, I think the performances were good. Obviously, it's a comic book movie, um, but I, I liked it. Good. Yeah, I, I think they did a fine job with tying everything in all the background knowledge that you needed to know. They they filled in those gaps very well. You didn't have to see those other um, medias. You didn't have to see WandaVision to really get into Multiverse of Madness, but it does really help. Um, Wesley, what do you think of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Yeah, just to echo Rose's voice, uh, you know, going into the Multiverse of Madness, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a little chaotic. And to me, it was. It, was, it, it jumped around a lot. It, uh, there was a lot happening. But, you know, like, like y'all were saying, um, you, don't, you didn't need to go into this movie knowing so much about all the other characters. Because I think the movie was sort of self-explanatory of what everyone's function was. And, but, um, it, but on that note, they did introduce some new characters, which we'll get into. And, um, and so I have questions about that. Uh, and there were some aspects, like some you know, witchcraft and books that I, I'm a little confused about that part too. Um, which I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, so overall kind of fit with the name of the movie. I, I, I left a little confused and um, I'm glad we're here so we can work it out. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get you on the right page of the dark hole tonight, brother. We're going to get you there. <laughs> Please, <laughs> um, <laughs> Andrew with the big eyes. I'd ask you, Andrew, what you thought of the multiverse of madness. But you're gonna you're gonna find out tonight. <laughs> I wish I had seen it so I could just say it was terrible and disagree. <laughs> you can still say that. Yeah, you could just pretend you're like, man, I definitely saw it. And that Doctor Strange character. I purposely didn't see it because of the reason that both of you said. I didn't I thought it was gonna be kinda crazy and you know, I'm kinda over the whole comic book thing now, unless it's like story driven. 
And yeah. my hmm. guess is, I mean, from what Roe was saying, it sounds like it kind of was. So, I don't know. We'll see. I will say that this movie is very story-driven. Really? And when I, when I see the title Multiverse of Madness, I was expecting chaos on another level, even even that the then even more than the movie kind of went into. I thought we were going to get characters from this universe and that universe mm. and this one and this one and that one and that one because right. all the previews yeah. you see kind of like that dimension between the universes and stuff. And I'm like, man, there's going to be like characters from. We're going to see like alternate Iron Man, and we're going to see like alter- I thought like we were going to see like some crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. And while we did see some crazy stuff. It wasn't as crazy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like um, Loki. Right. People were saying Loki was going to come in and and uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, we did see some characters that kind of crossed uh, realms, but um, but I think they they the characters that we did see, they served a certain purpose, uh, especially for this story arc. And uh, it, you know, it didn't get too crazy. Uh, Sam Raimi, uh, you know, flexing his horror uh, muscles there. I think uh, it's definitely an MCU film that uh, doesn't look like any other MCU film for for from that point of view. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it was almost pushing a PG thirteen or, or a, a rated R there because uh, it it got pretty pretty graphic. Yeah, I agree, and all the callbacks to horror movies. In, in the multiverse of madness really kind of kept me engaged. I, I liked seeing um, Wanda come out of that gong like she was um, in the ring or something. Like, it was crazy, right. man. Like, she's all... Con- oh, yeah. yeah. Crazy. It's just nutty stuff. And, I mean, with the blood, she had the blood on her face after she entered. Yeah. The, uh, she did the dream walk. She had the blood on her, that looked like Carrie. Um, there was... Just a lot of callbacks to horror films, which we all know Sam Raimi produces uh, horror films and Spider-Man, which I guess is a different kind of horror. No, I'm just kidding. I love the original Spider-Mans, but um, I, I like those callbacks and it had a different feel. This movie had a different feel mm-hmm. than any other MCU movie, which I think is an accomplishment. Because you watch so many of these movies and it's like, you got you got your story, you set up who the bad guy is and why he's doing this, and we're going to set up our hero. If we haven't met this hero before, we're going to give him a, a kind of an origin story, or if we know the hero, we're going to get into their personal problem, and then we're going to fight the big bad guy, everybody's going to resolve their issues, the end. Well, this takes on a totally different formula. Yeah. And it was refreshing. Go see it. All right. <laughs> yeah, go see it. Uh, but I, so from the trailers, we it looked like that we were going to get a villain that was different than what we got. We thought that the alternate uh, Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange, was going to be like the big bad guy. And going in, that's what it seemed like. And I even thought there was maybe going to be like a Kang, like Kang maybe be the the ultimate bad guy or some other force. But it wasn't. It was Wanda the entire. It yeah. was Wanda all along, right? Um, that threw me for a loop. <laughs> nice. I, I, so I it didn't. Ex- I didn't expect it. Is she a bad guy? Bad yeah, girl. I I told you. I told you, man. Spoilers. She is spoilers. the bad guy. No, no, that's fine. I'm not. I'm. I told you. I'm here for the spoilers. I'm down. 
I don't mind. But I was team Wanda the whole movie. I was like, I was pulling for her. Really? Like, I hope she gets her kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny though, you know, I, I was talking to my business partner about it because we were um, chatting about it. Um, the uh, the series What If, the animated series What If, really also lended a little bit of of substance to this. Um, especially when, when you can, you're able to connect certain, um, certain scenarios and certain things that what if, um, showed us in the animation, um, it, they kind of, uh, you know, it comes full circle in, in this movie. Um, one thing that I noticed that the internet likes to do is, uh, um, it, it complained about certain things. And one of the things that one of the complaints that I um, saw, which is the same complaint that my business partner was talking to me about is how, um, because the fact that they made Wanda the antagonist of this film, um, it feels like it feels like she her character has regressed um, because it almost seemed like she was she accepted the fate of of her kids in WandaVision. Obviously, she she realized that she was the one that created them. And here in the movie, like, you know, she's back to square one, like she wants to get them back yeah. and, and et cetera, et cetera. I don't have a problem with that. I, I think, again, I think they did a good job in in kind of uh, almost distilling her psychosis a little more like she really wasn't done you know, exploring that and her dream at the beginning, when you first see the kids and you see her in, in what is it? West. I keep calling it Smallville West, Westville, Westview. Westville, yeah. Yeah. Westview, yeah. Um, yeah. Westview. yeah. And so, you know, she was still struggling with that. Um, and like I said, you know, they didn't spend a lot of time kind of explaining all that, but because, yeah. because we saw the series, we kind of understood, you know, where she was coming from. Um, and, but I, but I can understand the people clamoring that he, that she kind of regressed. Yeah. And Ro touched on a point about like the dreams. That was one thing that I was sort of confused about because it seemed like, um, all of a sudden all these superheroes can now have dreams of, of the multiverse all of a sudden yeah. of another reality. And it's like, how long has that been happening? And, uh, is it just the superheroes or can like civilians do it too? Or, you know, that, that was a weird aspect that so, I, I didn't think was necessary. So I'll, I'll touch on that real quick before I go back to Wanda. Yeah. Cause I do want to go back to Wanda, but on the, the, uh, yeah, go ahead. the dreaming thing, I, th from what this movie says, every dream that you ever have is something that's going on in a different universe, whether you're a normal person or a superhero or anything. If you have a dream, let's say that you have a dream that you're being chased by a turkey wielding a lightsaber. That's happening in a universe somewhere. That's and by that's the way, happening. I have I have that dream all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if I have a dream about you, Blake? Wesley, there's there's a universe out there where we where we can be together. There is one where Mace Windu never existed, and it's just Blake and Wesley all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that that was what I took from uh, from the dreaming stuff in this movie. Going back to Wanda, when we meet Wanda in uh, Age of Ultron, she's a misguided, pretty much a child, right? I mean, she's like an older teen, and they're kind of manipulating her to be a bad guy, quote unquote. By the end of the movie, she's accepted by the Avengers. She becomes a hero. 
and she's with the Avengers, and she's doing all this great stuff, and then Endgame happens, she loses the one she loves, and then she reverts into herself, right? And that's when we get to WandaVision, she makes up all that stuff in Westview, the kids, and Vision, and all of this, and creates this entire reality in this town, it's a bad thing. When that show ends, the very last scene, I think, sets this movie up perfectly, and she is in the cabin and she's having a cup of coffee and she's doing this and doing that. And then the last scene we see is then is, is reverting back into her mind and she's going through the dark hold with the, the Scarlet witch outfit. And then she hears the kids. So we know she has wanted this even since the end, the very last scene in WandaVision is her thoughts about her children and how she can get them back. And this movie picks up right where that leaves off. And I, I think they did a masterful job. And I don't know how I didn't think she was the villain. Looking back, I feel kind of dumb now because, you know, in the trailer, like it's, it's Stephen Strange coming up to, to Wanda and like, oh, we need your help. And she's pruning these bushes and this, that and the other. And yeah, then we get there and we find out that's all a facade. And she's actually already diving into the multiverse and sending creatures after America Chavez and trying to get a hold of her so she can get her kids back. And I, I really think it is a progression. Like she went from bad guy to good guy. And now she's just, she's a bad guy, but she's doing it for different reasons. She's not a misguided kid anymore. She's, she is trying to get her kids back and she's going to do whatever she needs to do to do that. I think that's more character development than regression. But that's just me. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I don't we've never seen a character flop back and forth like that. And at least in the MCU. Um it's it's an interesting idea that that she's just the progression of Wanda herself in these films and in the shows. I, I like what they're doing with Wanda and she became one of my favorite characters during WandaVision. I love that show. That's probably my favorite MCU see, show. I was hoping to see more of like an internal struggle, you know, her battling between these two sides, um, which, we, you know, we didn't get much of that. I, I think that would have done a lot of character development and I could connect better with her, but. I, I've loved uh, Elizabeth Olsen since, uh, you know, the, the beginning. I think um, she's a great actress. I've seen her in other stuff. But the way she portrays Scarlet Witch, um, uh, you know, even early on, I think uh, Age of Ultron, she was fantastic in that. Um, then, you know, coming up to, uh, I don't know, she, she was great in this. I, I loved her. Yeah. It, her acting is so pure. The way that she she portrays that character, it, it, you really buy into the Scarlet Witch, even before she's a Scarlet yeah. Witch, right? She's mm -hmm. just Wanda Maximoff. You buy into the troubled childhood. You, then she becomes the Avengers. You buy into, she calls the, the problems that led to Captain America Civil War, right? The Sokovia Accords and all that. And she was part of that and she takes ownership of that and she hurts over that. And then she and vision get together and kind of work through that. Then they become romantically involved. And when we see them in, um, not, uh, in game, but, uh, age of Ultron, no infinity war. When we mm -hmm. see them in infinity, infinity war, war and they're kind of on the run a little bit, they're just by themselves. They're together and they're trying to get away from the bad guys and do this and that just, her and Paul Bettany together, 
they act so well together and you really feel that connection. Absolutely. And you feel it is. And you feel their love. And in WandaVision, I mean, it's just her, her kids and vision, and you feel her love for those other characters. And that's what makes her personification in this movie so jarring because she's lost all of that. She's now empty, and the only thing she has to fill herself with is the pain and the darkness to get her kids back. Um, one thing I did find odd is there's almost no mention of Vision. I don't think there's any mention of Vision in this movie. Right. So, And I thought White Vision was going to come into play somehow. Yeah. I think that would be in line yeah. with what you're saying, Blake, if he's not even in this. It shows just how far she's gone. Honestly, from your description, Blake, uh, yeah, I mean, I even not seen the movie, that's some pretty crazy character progression. I mean, it is a regression, you know, technically because she's evil. But yeah, I mean, it's, but I see what you're like, it makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of crazy to think that if you lost both your children, all you're trying to do is get them back and you don't realize that you're the bad guy. Right. Yeah. And she even says that. She says, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I just want my kids back. Like that's crazy. pretty that's like crazy. she's I'm not doing this to hurt people. I'm not doing this to I don't want to conquer the universe. I don't want to be the king of anything or the queen of anything. I just want my kids back. That is her whole thing throughout the movie. Yeah, and I love her line when she says to Strange, This is me being reasonable. Yeah. She's like she's like trying, you know, she's trying, she's trying not to really, you know, let loose. Um, but yeah, if anybody gets in her way, I I love she's that. Do it. Yeah. But yeah, and I agree with you, Ro, what you said a, a moment ago about White Vision. I thought that version of Vision was going to come into play at some point, maybe come in and talk sense into Wanda, or that something was going to happen, and it just never did. Mm -hmm. And I I wonder why they left Vision out completely of this movie. I, I don't know why. I That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. It, Maybe there's something lined up down the road. I, I don't know. Um, I'm interested to see why they didn't. And I, I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure we'll find that out in due time. So moving on now, uh, America Chavez is introduced in this movie. A, a little known character. She's not like one of the biggest players in Marvel Comics. Um, they change her story, of course, a little bit to fit into the MCU. But America Chavez pretty much has the ability to jump uh, universes. She can go to any universe. She, well, she can't control the power, but she can move between universes. That's her power. And did you, I, did, real fast, did you see the meme about her? She's, I haven't uh, seen it yet. okay, full disclosure, I'm Mexican. She's Mexican. Her powers <laughs> is to jump from border to, her power is to <laughs> jump borders. Come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I di but I digress. Uh, <laughs> Let's I didn't know with <laughs> the I, You know what? I didn't realize that. Till just, I haven't seen that meme, and now I wish I would have. That is, <laughs> I'm crying, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what 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 do you guys think about this character, uh, Wesley? I'll start with you this time. What what do you think about America Chavez? Was she a good addition to the MCU? Could they have done that with a different character? Or what do you think? To be determined. You know, uh, I like her power. It's interesting, unique. But I I think she needs to have like her own Disney Plus show 
God, I need to know more. I need to know where did she come from? Like, like how did all this come to be? Um, so to be determined. To be determined. And that's a fair point. I think they did a great job of kind of introducing her character. And I like that they didn't have a full, like, shtick about, like, where she came from and how she did this and how she developed this power, blah, 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 blah. They kind of gave the basis, like, she... um she hurled her parents into the multiverse with her powers by accident after a bee sting. And that was it. That's all the background we get about America Chavez, um, pre jumping universes with, uh, different Dr. Stranges. And it, it was refreshing. And I think they'll go back and, and kind of fill some of that in. I think she was a popular character. I personally liked her character. Um, it was fresh. It was new. It was something different. Uh, if if you if you have a new character, I, I like them to be fleshed out and to have substance. And I think she did. She held her own. Like in this movie, like she's not su- really supported by anybody in her acting. Now her character, of course, needs to be helped along and, and things like that. But that's just a plot device. And I think she did a great job. So, Ro, what do you think about America Chavez? Oh, I loved her. I loved her character. And I think, um, you know, I I've, I I don't know too much about the young Avengers, but I think they are setting up, uh, you know, a, a new group of uh, of Avengers there. Um, I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on, on the young Avengers. But, um, I you know, I love the actress. I, I loved her character. She was refreshing. Um, yeah, that's what, what, what more can you say? And I'll tell you what, she she was bright eyed and innocent. I liked it. And yeah. even for someone who's traveled these universes, she's someone who's been sheltered, uh, apparently by these other Dr. Stranges. Um, but I, I do like her character a lot. She seems like a, a bright spot in a multiverse of madness, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. she, she, she was ever hopeful. And I, I really appreciated her hopefulness in spite of like what she had been through. Like, I mean, can you imagine she's never met another version of herself and all the multiverses she's been through and definitely a, a cool character. I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, and while she was a humongous plot device for this movie, like she is the avenue for how we get around the multiverse. That's pretty much all we get about America Chavez. And I like the mystery. And like you said, Wesley to be determined, can't wait to see more. But the big thing, one of the biggest things in this movie is the Illuminati. (laughs) And, oh man, when Doctor Strange goes to Universe 868 and him and America Chavez get uh, captured and he's talking to Christine and this, that, and other, and she says she works for the Baxter Foundation. I was like, the Baxter Foundation, the Baxter Building, that is the Fantastic Four are we going to get the Fantastic Four? Well, I was close. We were close there. Yeah. You got the Fantastic in, One. <laughs> we got we got one of the Fantastics. But uh, eventually we have the, uh, the Ultron Sentinels come out and escort Doctor Strange into a room where the Illuminati is present. And the first one, uh, one of the first ones, we see Black Bolt, who is introduced in Marvel and Humans. Um, pretty cool character. Uh, he had an addition of a tuning fork on his uh, costume now that he didn't have in that show. We have Captain Carter, which we saw from the What If series, and what a treat to see her in live action. Absolutely, uh, Captain Carter is cool. Yeah, uh, I love Peggy Carter. 
uh, and her as Cap- uh, Captain Carter is, it just takes it to a whole new level. Like, uh, <laughs> it, it's it's amazing. And then we see a Miss um, Mar, uh, excuse me, Captain Marvel. If if it was played by um, now, I'm, it's not a uh, Brie Larson or uh, I can't think of her character's name. Oh, um, um uh, Monica Rambo. No. Yes, that's it. That's not Monica. Okay. It's uh, her. No, her mother. Her, her mother, right? And you uh, saw, the, yeah, the other Rambo. Right, yes. right, right. A, yeah. And a different take on uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> Great to see she played that very well. Then we see, um, gosh, and I, I and it goes back to the first Doctor Strange movie, which is a blur for me. Is um, the uh, the Sorcerer Supreme in that universe? What's his name? No, I can't it, think. Is it Carl Mordo? Yes. Or? Yes. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then Doctor Strange makes the comment, "Your name's Carl." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of like yeah. <laughs> Sorcerer Supreme. Your name is Carl. Uh, <laughs> and then we get like the one of the bigger, the one of the biggest <laughs> reveals. We have Mister Fantastic himself, mm-hmm. Reed Richards. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say the other one. Okay, great. Well, no, that we gotta save that well, one for last. Yeah, that's the last. Well, yeah. Okay, my you bad. Can't, my bad. My bad. Gotta save that one for last. But Reed yeah, Richards, perfect. played by John Krasinski, I did not see this <laughs> coming. It came out of nowhere. I didn't expect oh. it, and I loved it. I did. Uh, he, he did yeah. a good job. They he, actually, they all did pretty damn well. Um, for being, you know, for being, I want to call this, uh, all these characters are kind of playing a bit part in this, but yeah, obviously there are bigger, uh, implications in the, in the universe here, but the actors that they chose, um, and I think the actor, f- uh, for, uh, the inhuman tuning fork forehead guy is, um, is Captain Kirk, uh, from a strange new world. Uh, Ans- Anson something, something, I forgot his name, but yeah. They, everybody did pretty well. They took it. They they all all they, they took it serious. They took it seriously, and uh, and it shows. And it's kind of like they threw all these actors kind of in here to be like, here you're you're now this team, and you have to act like you've been working together for a very long time. And they did an amazing job. I mean, they they were all very somber, very serious, and they they knew the gravity of the situation. And as we go through this scene. Finally, well, we have one more member, and we see the big yellow um, gliding Wheel. wheelchair yeah. come out. Oh my gosh! Oh, seeing Patrick Stewart in that wheelchair, like pretty much looking verbatim like his '90s cartoon counterpart in yes. the original X Men series was mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, that Charles was great. Xavier. Cool. cool part of the movie. Are we about to get a whole MCU X Men Fantastic Four? That's what this is saying. I mean, so I mean that's a that's a bridge. I mean they're, they're they're out there. They're definitely out there. So they exist now, is what I'm. Yeah, I mean, there's an opportunity. Yeah, right. And and I think that's kind of what a lot of this movie is about setting up things. And we are yeah. still early on in Phase Four. I mean, we have a bunch of shows that you know kind of develop characters they don't really push the narrative of the mcu very far in themselves other than maybe wandavision loki if it really tied to anything 
I'll get uh, to my gripe about that later, but hated Loki. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> um, but um, we're still early on. We have Spider Man No Way Home. We we have this and that, but we're still kind of early on in a, a post in game MCU, and we're still setting things up. And the multiverse of madness sets up a whole heck of a lot in about 10 to 15 minutes of its runtime there in the middle with the Illuminati. Uh, a lot is set up. Like you said, you got X-Men, Fantastic Four um, to to be like the big ones. You have the Illuminati's around. and who, just, So who is the Illuminati? They're based... So the Illuminati, if you read the Marvel comics, the Illuminati kind of control everything. It's like the Illuminati well, that theory. I get, but like, is there, are there characters in the Illuminati that are main characters in the universe, or are they like, you know, do they have like Bill Gates? You know what I'm saying? Like, or is it just oh, no, all random characters? You don't know any of them. They're just... you know, I don't think you know any of them. I don't think the audience okay. knows any of them. Um, but okay, you know, okay. what was funny is because the Illuminati in, in the real world has um, certain connotations, when the word, when the group, the Illuminati was said in the movie, when I went to go see it, the, all, the audience laughed. They were like cracking up like, ha ha, the Illuminati, what the fuck? Because it's cheesy. Yeah. It's yeah. really cheesy. I mean, but it's something that is established from the comics, though. Sure. Yeah. You know what would have been um, pretty gutsy of Disney and Marvel to have done in this area where they're introducing this multiverse is to have uh, negotiated with uh, Scarlett Johansson and bring her back in just just to this one scene and have uh, the Black Widow as part of the Illuminati in this universe. People would be like, oh, my God, that would have been connection. I would have been. Yeah. I should have made a made a call. And that would have like anchored it back to the old universe. Maybe having some a character, at least one character that was rooted in the last phase of the MCU. The what was before, you know? I think that would have been a great idea, but that no, they didn't do it. They they have pretty much all new characters other than, you know, Carl. He's from sure. the first Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. But everybody else are, are kind of like new characters and, and new faces. I mean, are they going to cast Black Widow again? They're going to have to recast it, won't they? I mean, well, she's I mean, dead. She, she died. She died. Yeah. But in, in so yeah, even if she came from a different universe, she's not dead. With multiverse, no one's dead. Oh you know yeah, I mean? right, yeah. right. And that's then, what I'm saying. So right. is she gonna, and everybody is with recast. everything that happened with her in Disney. Is she going to come back? That's what I'm asking. Right. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, that's all not. dependent on the money, man. <laughs> it's all about the mouse and the money. Uh, but I really do want to see John Krasinski play Reed Richards. I really yeah, want to see did pretty him good. in a Fantastic Four movie. He did a great job. Yeah. His lines, and of course, we all know him as Jim from The Office, and um, I, I know a lot of people like him as Jack Ryan. He does a great job in the uh, Amazon Prime series. Um, What's the the Quiet Place? That horror movie's in The Quiet oh, Place. Yeah. He does a very good job. He did He's, that too. He's really, he's a really grounded actor. And, you know, for me watching him for years and years as Jim Halpert, it's weird to see him in like, I'm more like, I'm Reed Richards. I am this, I'm this pillar of, 
um, solitude that has to protect the universe. And he did an mm-hmm. amazing job. Uh, I love his the, the, the delivery of his lines when he's beckoning with, Wa- with Wanda to kind of stop what she's doing. Like, I've got mm-hmm. kids too. Like, right. I know what you're feeling. I, I bought and into again, all of it. it- yeah, and again, spoilers, you know, all the characters that we're talking about, uh, for those of you who have not seen it, and like I said, spoilers, I mean, they, they did great, but they all end up dying. Wanda kills them all. Kills them all. And in a very horror-like fashion. Yeah, absolutely. She takes, she takes Black Bolt's vibrations, brings them back into his head. Oh, and oh yes, his right. Brain. His, 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 well, his, why? Because they're trying to stop Wanda. And Wanda's like, yeah. get out of my way. But what is Wanda trying to do that they're trying to stop? What's the reasoning? So Wanda's going into these other universes, trying yeah. to find a universe where she can be with her kids. That's the whole and, thing. Right? right, that's the whole premise. She, she wants to be with the kids. In the multiverse, okay. there, are mul- there are universes where her kids exist. So. Yeah, and at, at, this, at, this point, at this point, she's actually trying to find the, um, what is that, that dark book? The um, the dark hold, right? Dark so hold, yeah. so she can be able to use it to control the other multiverses, and the Illuminati don't want that. So they're trying to stop her. Wong has destroyed the dark hold at this point that she had in her universe. Right and now, she is trying to find an, another avenue to yeah. pursue the other universes. So the whole whole crux okay. of Wanda's character in this, the Scarlet Witch, is she is trying to find a universe where her kids exist, which is in a lot of universes. And what she does with that Wanda when she gets there, you know, who knows? You know, she's I guess she's going to kill her off or whatever. The Illuminati in Universe 868 is going to try to stop her, and they all come at her at once. Captain Carter comes out. She gets... Um, sliced in half by her own shield. She gets Darth mauled. She does. <laughs> she does, but I, I don't think yeah. she's coming back, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. She yeah, they be. all she die. They all die horrible deaths. Reed Richards gets stretched like a like a hot dog in all yeah. directions and just pops. Yeah, it's dude. When when you talk about the the horror, this is the closest thing we're gonna get to a horror movie in MCU. Yeah, and the it's it's horrific. It it, uh, it had a different tonality. It was so cool, though. Yeah, I think that's I one of the reasons I enjoyed it. So different. Yeah, me too. Not, like you talk about about the horror movies. I just want to talk about like uh Morbius and a couple others. But never mind. That's that's off topic. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah that uh, yeah that that scene. It, I was very surprised. Like I know Scarlet Witch is very powerful, but I didn't realize she was like that good. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I was like what was this against Thanos? <laughs> right. Supposedly and, she's but, the strongest superhero of all of them. Just yeah. because her, and no, especially, her and Captain Marvel, right? Right. I, and she rivals that power. I mean, even so, in WandaVision, when she gets a hold of the Dark Hold, and we find out that she has the ability to be the Scarlet Witch, the Scarlet Witch is the most powerful being. Um, in the world, supposedly. Gotcha. gotcha. So at the end of WandaVision, when she has the dark hold, she is like at her peak power. She is pretty much can write reality almost. Like she is that close to being a deity uh, um, as far as power, yeah. as far as gauge of power. So she didn't have that power prior to WandaVision. So of course, when she stopped fighting Thanos, or Thanos, excuse me, when she's fighting Thanos, she doesn't have that same power not yet 
She hasn't unlocked that potential in herself. But now she is a, I mean, she could, she could take Thanos, I think, by herself. It's pretty much what it seems like to me. I really like the direction they went. Yeah, they killed all of the, uh, killed all the Illuminati, all these new characters. And of course, they can exist anywhere in other universes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, how easily they lost to Scarlet Witch kind of hurts their characters in whatever universe we may see them in the future. You know, it's like, hey, I remember the first time I saw you, you died in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I think I think you have to understand just how powerful that Scarlet yeah. Witch is, though. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those gray areas. We have seen Wanda develop. We've seen her go from misguided experiment to Avenger to um, hurt person and loss of loved ones depression and then she finds her power and then she's like oh i can do what i want to do and Mm -hmm. she she wants to find her kids and we see her grow into this extremely powerful character and i think that's why it works if they had just thrown her in there you know two movies ago and oh now she's the most powerful in the universe no that's that's too much but we've seen uh wanda progress since like what 2015 like mm-hmm. we've lived with Has this character. Yeah, wow. we've lived with this character for like eight or nine years now, seven, seven, eight years now. And we've seen her progress into this. And I think that's why it works. I think that's why that we can buy that she can body all of these characters. And we're okay as that well, excuse me. And we're okay with that as fans. Because we've seen the progression. And now when I see these other characters pop up in other universes, if that's what they're going to do, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to hold that against them because I know Scarlet Witch is just amazing. She's crazy powerful. I agree. I'm convinced now. But, but one thing that, that that I was sad about is we, we had to see Charles Xavier die for a third time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. I didn't consider that. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy, man. He, him, and Uncle Ben. I want, I want to like a tally of how many times that Charles Xavier and Uncle Ben from Spider Man die in different <laughs> universes. We, we gotta, we gotta get that, that competition. Yeah. Um, and dies in a very uh, dark Phoenix like fashion. I mean, just obliterated. I mean, oof. And, and I don't know. Scarlet Witch really gives off like that kind of dark Phoenix kind of aura too. At this point, um. She's got the red aura, and she's killing Charles Xavier's. It's very mm-hmm. sad. One thing that we haven't really talked about in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness very much is Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. which is, I think, one of the, the drawbacks of the movie. He is technically the main character, but he it seems like what's going on with him is the least in, interesting part, <laughs> um, at least to me. I, I I don't, it's not that I don't care what's happening with Stephen Strange. It's just that all of this other stuff and all of these other characters around him are so much more interesting than him. We find out he has a sister. Well, you find out some of his past traumas and and that's great. And and I like that character building. And I like, I like that they kind of build his character more. But it's just like all these other things around him are so grand and epic that it kind of makes him seem kind of small in his own movie. Yeah. 
And the He's a side character in his own movie. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say um, that might have been by design because, you know, he's he's caught up in this multiverse of madness. And, right. you know, you you kind of want to go along with the ride with the main character. You're like, oh, my God, what's ha- what's happening? And then when he gets thrown in all these universes with America Chavez, when they were flinging and, you know, you saw a little bit of the animation that we that they went through in that world. Mm-hmm. I did actually see um, the the statue of, of Kang in one of those quick little shots um, when they were yeah. floating past. You saw Kang from from mm-hmm. Loki. Um, so. uh but I, I I definitely agree with you, Blake, that everything that was happening around the Doctor Strange character was interesting. I think maybe uh, up until the last um, the last portion of the movie where, you know, he faces uh, himself in the multiverse and he's trying to convince himself, uh, you know, to, to do the right thing, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that battle was pretty, uh, pretty, I guess, important for for the character. It was. It was an epic battle, and that's one of the highlights of the movie for me, is him fighting himself. Those first two acts really seem like they happen around Doctor Strange. He's not even the vehicle that kind of drives the events. He's just there. But that third act, where he is facing the Dark Strange, and that is really when it becomes the Doctor Strange movie. Um, And he faces off uh, with his own demons, he confronts his his own kind of cockiness and his own kind of he has like this god complex like he can see all this stuff and he can do this and he pretty much designed the fall of thanos if you look back at end game he when he's looking through all the futures like well there's only one universe where we win and then he is the one that initiates that sequence of events so he kind of has this god complex and now he kind of he's taken down a pig where mm-hmm. he's like, maybe I don't control everything. I mean, there's all these other universes. I've died in other universes because I've caused problems. Like, we see that the, the Illuminati destroyed their Doctor Strange. They killed him because he was causing problems. He got a hold of the Darkhold and was corrupted. And watching uh, Doctor Strange kind of get get brought down a peg and humble himself and then he embraces the darkness to go and fight Wanda in his own universe and he dream walks and does all of this crazy stuff I I don't know if I like it I I don't know if if I really like agree with the direction but I'm interested to see where it's going I like it's interesting I'll leave it at that I don't know if I like it yet but it's interesting yeah, well said. I don't have much to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got the third eye now. He's got the mm-hmm. TN Shinhan oh, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Can we talk about that for like a brief second? Like, what, yeah. what, what's going on here? <laughs> so, the third eye. So, he's, you know, it's, it's one of them. It's, it's a horror movie, man. The third eye, it's basically <laughs> like the darkness. Like, he's he's got a hold of the dark hold a little bit. He's, he's kind of steeped himself into dark sorcery. He's. Okay. He's got some darkness in him now. And he 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 embraces it because we see in like the end credit scenes where he's he's got that third eye and he's ready to open it up and do what he needs to do with it. Like it's it's not it's not something that he oh. is scared to use. 
That's uh, an interesting parallel for me because of uh, how we as Star Wars nerds treat um, the concept of balance of the force. Do we are we all are we supposed to be all good? Can we use a little bit of the dark side? We've been shown that using the dark side is is uh, is not a, always a good thing that uh, forever will it dominate your future, et cetera, et cetera. So it's interesting to me how they're using that play on 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 the concept of you know using a little bit of your 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 darkness uh as you know as as part of of your i guess the rest of your personality it's like we you know i know we we all have different sides to our psyches um but i like that mar the mcu is kind of uh exploring that yeah Uh, i'm right there with you ro i i do like the exploration and it's weird that it seems like he would struggle with that early in a movie or maybe in the second act with his darkness and then resolve that by the third act. That is like the normal formula of the MCU kind of movie, right? The typical superhero movie. And this just like there again, it goes, it's out of the box. It's different. And we even mm-hmm. see him open up the portal with, um, I can't think of her name now. The, the Charlize uh, the Theron. Charlie Theron. I, hmm. Yeah, I know the the actress. I can't think of the character. She's playing a. Um, Is she playing an Eternal? No, it's not an Eternal. Uh, no. Now I feel bad. I'm on the podcast, and I feel bad. Um, it's someone's daughter. Someone very important. Um, for, forgive me, other dorks. But um, <laughs> you have a he, team of three open- other dorks. We should at least be able to help you. I've never seen it. But I know that her name is Clea. Daughter of Kurt Russell? Dang, now I can't. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Russell from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy character. No, it's not. It's, it's someone like him, though. It's a, I think it is a celestial. So Doctor Strange ends up leaving with Clea. And, and I'm really not well versed on the, the very deep lore. On on the MC, like I know a lot of the who could know all the crazy stuff that goes on with 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 the Marvel comics, right? I mean, there's so much, but yes, Clea does become the wife of Doctor Strange in the comics. You know, who knows what's going to happen to MCU? But I like the fact that they introduce her in this in credit scene, and he leaves with her to go fight this unknown um, problem in a different universe like he's he's going to a different universe he's got the third eye he's fully embraced the darkness and and i think that's where this movie went right it's, it's totally different from anything we've ever seen oh the daughter of umar and the niece of the demonic tyrant dormammu she's been the ruler of the dark dimension sporadically yes yeah, so she's the niece of dormammu which is like a I know Mephisto's kind of like the MCU or the, the Marvel Universe, like, devil. But mm-hmm. Dormammu's kind of like the same thing. Like, he's he's mm-hmm. kind of like an, another, like, demon of Marvel. And he's flirting with his inner darkness. He's he's going to be flirting with uh, Charlie's Theron, it seems, in, in, a, in a new movie or a show, whatever they choose to do with that. And I'm, I'm here for it. I, I'm here to see bad Doctor Strange or dark Doctor Strange. Uh, I just want to know where it goes now. I don't know any of this. It's going to get deep if they get into this stuff. Well, and that's the thing, man. I mean, even yeah. even when we introduced, like, Iron Man and, I mean, well, of course, Hulk's a big one, but, like, Iron Man and Thor, they were kind of like 
B-minus C-list characters when they were introduced in the MCU, right? And then we now care about those characters as much as we care about Spider-Man or the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. Like, we love those characters just as much or more. I feel like like Thor was easily acceptable because a lot of people kind of just know Norse mythology. Sure. It's really easy to follow. Yeah. Um, I feel like something like this... Following Dormammu and Umar taking over the dark dimension from Olnar the first, like that's gonna be <laughs> really hard to follow. <laughs> but it will be interesting. Like I'm, I would love to watch it. It's like, so is that gonna? That. So here's my next question: though. Is that gonna be more interesting to just us dorks, or is that gonna appeal to the greater audience, the greater general public? if you will, because a lot of these MCU movies like appeal to everyone. Like if you're a dork, there's stuff for you. If you're just a casual moviegoer, there's stuff for you. Are we getting too, too far into the lore? Is, are there too many deep cuts going on here for the general uh, public to really enjoy these movies? Or is it just introducing them to this stuff? Yeah, I I think we've already seen a little bit of a drop off um, tail end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it it might be becoming a little too cosmic and weird for the general audience, Um, especially, you know, especially at the start of this and uh, with whatever it is that they are trying to uh, introduce with the the end of uh, this Doctor Strange movie. If indeed we are going into the whole, uh, you know, demon, uh, dark lore stuff, I think we are going to lose a lot of people. Who knows? We'll see. I agree, but yeah, well, it depends on how good the story is going to be, honestly. And I mean, it's, it's not a far stretch for people to get involved with it, but there, there is a point where, like, I, so my wife is not a dork by any mean or measure, she doesn't like watch Star Wars and she doesn't watch the MCU stuff. But she, I mean, she likes a good story. So we watched the original Star Wars trilogy. She watched it. She's like, yeah, that was, they were good movies. I like, I enjoyed watching them. But there's a point where she's like, what the heck's going on? This is just too much for me. I'm checking out. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> you know, and, and we're kind of like, we're getting to that point, I think, with the MCU where we got, we, we have too many like deep cuts. Like I was saying, we have too many. Like, oh, here's the Fantastic Four, and here's the uh, X-Men, and here's the Illuminati, and now we're, we're connecting all these little dots that, that happens. And it's, and we are, we're always connecting the dots, but now it's just getting like deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, it seems. And, I mean, the, the title says it all, Multiverse of Madness. It's just madness at this point, right? And, and I'm here for it, and I know all of us on, on, this, on this show right now are here for it. We all want to see where it goes. We all want to connect the dots and theorize and, and that, but is the money going to keep pouring in for these things? I, I hope it does. I really do. But I don't know. Maybe it, this might be the beginning of the end for the MCU. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe they'll have to rethink some things. I, I, I don't know. You can... You can quote me on this, dude. I really think that Disney's going to start um, just like Netflix because of the whole. I mean, they're trying to go towards movies, and I don't know. It just depends. If movies start blowing up again, like the movie theaters, everybody going to the movie theaters, then yeah. I mean, I think they'll be fine. But if nobody goes to the movie theaters, then, well, I mean, you're talking about the second weekend drop off. I'm I'm not too surprised, just because you kind of yeah. think the people that want to go see it are going to go see it within the first week. Yeah. 
but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I- the box office for this movie in the first weekend has been crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was- and that's what I'm saying. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So it could be. It could be like wildly successful, and then they can just con- continue doing this over and over and over. But I think they should stick to the. If they can do both, it's best to do both. But I think they should stick to the streaming model and just yeah pump out a bunch of content, movies, randomly drop a movie, just be like, hey, guess what's coming out next week? You didn't yeah. even know about it. Wonder Man. Yeah, <laughs> Wonder Man. <laughs> Here's Squirrel Girl, the movie. Um, <laughs> the Tick. The Tick. Oh, that's Amazon Prime. That's already out. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but so this is kind of, I, I kind of want to end end our discussion on this, and this is more of a MCU like everything. How far can this story go? I mean, we've started with Phase One, two thousand eight Iron Man. It's now two thousand twenty two. We're on the same storyline. I mean, it's 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 all one progressing story. It has to come to an end sometime, right? I mean, it it can't just forever go are are we coming up on the end of the mcu do, do you think that i know that they have all this stuff planned out and it seems like they're going to try to do like a secret invasion um storyline big storyline in the comics uh, you know with the with the uh scrolls and stuff like that 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 looks like it's going to be probable but when we get about there is that really going to be like the end like kang and this the you know is that going to be the end or, or are they just going to kind of keep pumping out until we fizzle out and have like no more characters left because we've had to kill them all because someone has to die right i mean people have to die i mean we know that iron man had to die you know so are are we kind of coming to an end of an era here is is the mcu kind of dying out it's a tough question you know it, it's something i can't quite fathom personally you know uh i my whole life i just picture um you know n- new marvel movie comes out every year every other year so I don't see that stopping. You know, well, I but think it, sto- it might be Marvel movies coming out every other year, but it may not be this story. It it may not be the MCU. You know, I got you. Yeah, like in this in this timeline that we're going with right now. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer. <laughs> I, I can't fathom it. Yeah, you know. I should have sent like, you this question before we recorded this, huh, Wesley? <laughs> it's and, and, it's a know, deep one. I mean. I mean, yeah, it's a deep one because, like, 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 I'm 29. You're around the same age, and you know, our whole lives we've been in this timeline. Yeah. We've been in this timeline. A and lot so, of it, yeah. Like, is it? I don't want to see it end. I- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised. I, I, I want to think that it's not going to continue to succeed. That's what I want, just because that's how trends work. I mean, Star Wars died out at one point. Not died out, but you know, it just wasn't popular at one point, and. I think that bringing in all these new characters, I don't, I personally didn't really enjoy Eternals. I'm not, it was just too many characters all at once. There was just too yeah. much all at one time. Um, and I think that if that's the direction they're going to go into, then I don't know. I think there could either be, they're going to oversaturate the market and there's going to be so many new characters, although the true fans will probably really enjoy it. And so it might succeed because there might be enough true fans that really know all these characters who know who. Or in the ruler is, you know what I mean. So, yeah. What What are your thoughts on this, Ru? I'm putting you on the spot here. It's it's a deep one. It's it's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. And uh, you know, you mentioned Iron Man, which would came out in 2008. Was it? Yeah. 
Um, you know, we're at 2022. Uh, you know, as long as the stories are there, and obviously Marvel Comics has survived for a really long time. We've got material right. from way back, uh, you know, uh, from the 60s, whatever, yeah. uh, 50s. Um, as long as the stories are good, I think, you know, at this point we are starting to see... Um, you know, when when something is too big for its own good, uh, we get to kind of a, a center, a point of, of collapse. Um, we might be seeing that, but I think it's up to the creatives behind the scenes that steward this this story to kind of move it along, keep it fresh and make sure that the fans are coming back. Um you know, as far as the um, as the casual fans versus some folks like us who do know the comic books and know the lore, um, you know, I, I, I always maintain that guys like us have the buying power. We are uh, we do our shows every week and, you know, we sit in front of a camera and behind us there are tons and tons and tons of collectibles, whether it's Star Wars, uh, sci-fi, whatever. So... Yeah. You know, we've got the buying power and it's not the regular fans that go see a movie two or three or four or seven times. It's us. Um, And whether the casual fans outnumber us, we still outnumber them when it comes to buying power, I feel. Because a casual fan is not going to buy a room full of Star Wars collectibles. We are. Um, And, uh, you know... That is true, but without enough people who are willing to be interested in something, that's all I was saying, is that it could possibly lead to less money and exploring other options where more money will go into. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, because I think that the movies are going to be successful. I think that people are really enjoying movies, so... Yeah, people are definitely enjoying movies. I definitely enjoy movies, but I do think that you do have a point regarding streaming. I think with the advent of streaming, there is more of a possibility that these studios tend to um, take more chances with their storytelling. You've got shows like Moon Knight, which was a little wacky, but it still it was made. Um, I don't think it would have been as successful. You know, the successful uh, viability of a show. like Moon Knight is is arguable at this point, but I don't think it would have been made if it was just a one stop movie because nobody knows the character. His character is so complex that I think uh, yeah. the streaming platform is probably the best way to tell that story. Um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, my co-host Brad uh, at the Scare of Podcast podcast always says that this is a really great time to be a geek. We are uh, we do have a lot of stuff coming out. Um, Again, the the arguable nature of, uh, you know, how much is too much is is always up to interpretation. Um, I'm a nerd. I like to to watch nerd stuff. Give me more. I, I, I you know, right. I don't care. There's there's still a lot there to watch. You can pick and choose. And uh, but it is uh, a really great time to be a geek. And I love it. I, I really do. So the the Marvel Multiverse of Madness, I'm going to come to you guys. Let's let's give it a rating real quick. Uh just closing out before before we hand it over to uh Grandmaster Yoda there for the word of the week. So, Wesley, first to you, out of 10, what do you give the uh Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? You know, I I wasn't sure coming into this, but y'all helped me overcome a lot of my conflictions and have a better understanding of what this movie was about and you know open my eyes to a little bit of the direction where it's going 
so I definitely gave me appreciation for some of the, the things introduced here. So with that, I'll, I'll give it a, a 6.5. 6.5. So I feel like the Bendu. I've, I'm guiding you down, down a force path, opening your eyes to different aspects of the force. Yeah. Ro, uh, out of 10, what do you give Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness? Well, I enjoyed it a lot. There's a lot there to kind of uh, pick apart and uh, kind of examine. Uh, it's one of those MCUs uh, that is very different than the previous ones. I know a lot of people are like, uh, you know, these superhero movies are cookie cutter. This definitely was not. Um, but because of the Illuminati was in this movie, um, I'm going to revert to some uh, Fibonacci numbers with my rating. I'm going to give it an 8.753422200. Zero one nine four. Nice. I like it. <laughs> and that's the scuttlebutt. And that's the scuttlebutt. That's 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 it right there, baby. There you go. <laughs> that's it right there. So for me, I want to give it a solid eight because it was so out of the box for me. It was it was jar. I mean. When I look back, you know, we always say hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, of course Wanda's the villain. She's got all this power, and she wants to see the kids, and she wants to... Yeah, it makes sense. But when I watched the trailer, she wasn't the villain in the trailer. <laughs> and it, it, it still threw me for a loop. And seeing John Krasinski as Reed Richards and Doctor Stranger Christine, their interactions between other universes and this and that, it was beautiful stuff. America Chavez seeing Wong... Uh, still Sorcerer Supreme somehow. Uh, <laughs> very good movie. I, I like the direction it's going. I, it's it's one of those movies that sets up a lot of different things. It's going to be one of those monumental movies for the MCU, I believe. And I'm going to give it an 8 just because um, I love the characters. I love where it's going. And I like the out-of-the-box out of thinking with with the horror elements. That's we've ne- We haven't seen that in an MCU movie, and it was refreshing. So with that, that's going to end our Multiverse of Madness discussion for this evening. Let's go on and throw it to Master Yoda for the word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Multiverse of Madness, the word of the week is. <laughs> so, uh, Master Yoda, that's more of a phrase than an actual word. If if we're really getting, do what I want, I can. Master of the Force, I am. <laughs> that that's true. So I'm, I'll allow it. Um, yeah, just you you do your thing. You do you, Master Yoda. Why is it Multiverse of Madness? <clears throat> Title of the movie it is. Self-explanatory, I think. But even in my universe, a Lego I have been, a cartoon I have been, CGI I have been, puppet I am sometimes. That That's also true. You have very many different iterations. I've, I've actually never thought about how many how many uh, different mediums you've been in. That's that's actually astounding, Master Yoda. I mean, how do, how do you deal with all that? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it? Madness it is. Just madness. Alright, and with that, that is another great episode of Dork Wars the Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Go check out uh, all of our stuff, the dorkwarspodcast.com. Check out, check out our socials. And thank you to Ro. Uh, before we before we leave, Ro, where can we find you? 
You can find the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast wherever you get your other favorite podcasts. We are available everywhere. Just uh, just uh, shout out to your smart speaker and say, hey, can you play the latest Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast? And I'm sure we'll pop up. Awesome. Uh, again, thank you, Ro. Glad that you were on tonight. It's always a treat to, to get to interact with you and any other Red 5 Network podcast creator. These guys are amazing. Love just collaborating, and it's, it's amazing. It's, it's a great time to be a podcaster, a great time to be a geek. So check out Dork Wars the Podcast again at our website on all our social medias. Go follow us, interact, like our stuff, review our stuff. That's what we're here for. We're here for you. So we would like you to interact with us so we can better bring this content to you. And with that, may the force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars the Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars the Podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... Que la chingada no jodan! Production.